0: With SBS Radio. In this bulletin, traditional landowners from the Tui Islands urge government to stop controversial gas project. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese preempts difficult decisions to be made in October budget, and Liz Truss is officially British Prime Minister. A group of traditional owners from the Tiwi Islands and advocates have taken their message to federal politicians in Canberra. They argue oil and gas company Santos has not properly consulted with leaders of the Manapi community over its offshore Barossa gas project. The company wants to drill for gas in the Timor Sea near the twin Tiwi Islands just north of Darwin. Traditional owner, Puruta Tamepi, says it's an issue to which the nation's leaders must pay attention. We want the, um, the, the politicians to take a genuine interest uh, and action in uh, trying to stop, uh, well, in stopping the, the, the drilling. The Tiwi Islands sit next to one of the largest marine parks in Australia. The National Children's Commissioner is concerned Australian governments are failing to prioritise the safety and well-being of children in juvenile detention. Anne Hollands spoke at Government House in Canberra to mark Child Protection Week. Ms Hollands says a lack of representation and national plan for children from disadvantaged families and First Nations children leads to a failure for their voices to be heard and their needs being met. We need to redesign our basic services by listening to children and families about what will help them. Children say they want to go to school, but they feel they don't belong, and families don't feel welcome. OECD research has found that students from families with higher socioeconomic status are more likely to feel a sense of belonging at school. In Australia, this gap has grown wider, and we know that disengagement from education is a key risk factor for serious problems like youth crime. Anthony Albanese says there will be difficult decisions to be made in Labor's upcoming October budget. Labor has already flagged it is looking to rein in spending because of large levels of Commonwealth debt. The Prime Minister says he's being upfront about possible cost-cutting measures to the Labor Party room and the Australian people as the government also grapples with the need for cost-of-living relief measures. We've inherited a trillion dollars of Liberal Party debt. Uh, When interest rate rises, uh, so do the repayment costs uh, of that Liberal Party debt. Uh, What that means is that we can't do everything that we would like to do. The pharmacy sector has welcomed a federal government announcement that it will lower the cost of medications listed under the nation's pharmaceutical benefits scheme. The government plans to introduce legislation in parliament today that it says will make the cost of PBS scripts cheaper by up to almost 30% from January next year. Pharmacy Guild of Australia President Trent Tomey says community chemists have increasingly been hearing patients say they cannot afford prescribed medications and that they often have to decide who in the family will go without in order to cover food and utility expenses. He says the measure will make a real difference to customers. This is something that's going to take a real meaningful first step to returning the principle of universal health care to Australia. Um, and, you know, there's no use accessing a GP if you can't afford then to go and see your pharmacy. China's ambassador to Australia says he has been working with the Foreign Affairs Department over a possible high-level meeting between Prime Minister Anthony Albanese and President Xi Jinping. Xiao Xi'an has told the ABC it's important nations like China and Australia maintain top-level dialogue. There have been ongoing diplomatic tensions between the two nations, most recently over Foreign Minister Penny Wong's commitment to concerted action on a recent report that identified widespread human rights abuses against Uyghur Muslims in the northwest province of Xinjiang. The ambassador says China will not retaliate against Australia for doing so. As ambassador, I'm not going to suggest to punish Australia for making their statements. Australia is entitled to their own views. But I'm going to suggest that Australia should check against the facts before make a serious statement. The ambassador has also mentioned tensions over Taiwan. He says people who advocate for full independence from China will be punished according to Chinese law. The President of Timor-Leste is expected to seek solutions to a deadlock over lucrative gas fields when his Australian visit begins in earnest today. Senator Wong was in Timor's capital Dili last week for discussions on resolving a dispute over the locations of a gas processing hub which Timor-Leste is entitled to claim 70% of royalties from. The Greater Sunrise gas field is located in the Timor Sea and off the northwest coast of Australia. Dr. Jose Ramos-Horta will also deliver a televised address to the National Press Club this afternoon. The Prime Minister of Solomon Islands has responded angrily to an Australian offer to fund the island's next national election. Manasseh Sogavare has reportedly described the offer as an assault on its democracy and akin to foreign influence in the nation's internal affairs. Mr Sogavare's reaction has in turn been criticised by the Solomon's opposition leader, Peter Laura Jr., who says the Prime Minister appears intent on holding on to power. The offer to fund the election followed remarks by Mr Sogavare that the scheduled next national elections might have to be postponed because Solomon Islands could not afford to hold the ballot and the Pacific Games in 2023. Lee Strauss is officially a British Prime Minister. Queen Elizabeth has asked the 47-year-old, previously Foreign Affairs Minister, to form a government at a meeting at the Monarch's Balmoral Estate in Scotland. Miss Truss beat fellow British Conservative Party MP Rishi Sunak in a ballot to become party leader and thus Prime Minister. Miss Truss replaces Boris Johnson, becoming the Conservative Party's fourth Prime Minister in the last six years. Should be tasked with steering the country through a looming recession and an, energy, and an energy crisis that threatens the future of millions of households and businesses. In his farewell address, Mr Johnson says his government has achieved many good things for the country. We're delivering on those huge manifesto commitments, making streets safer. Neighbourhood crime down 38% in the last three years. 13,790 more police on the streets building more hospitals, and yes, we will have 50,000 more nurses by the end of the decade and 40 more hospitals by the end, of by, 50,000 nurses by the end of this parliament, I should say. Unemployment, as I leave office, unemployment down to lows, not seen since I was about 10 years old. The government of Scotland is introducing a rent phrase across the country as a way to tackle the United Kingdom's spiralling cost of living crisis. First Minister Nicola Sturgeon has told the nation's parliament she would introduce an emergency law today to immediately freeze rent prices in both public and private accommodation. She says the bill aims to give people a measure of security because it included a moratorium on evictions. The announcement has not been welcomed by the property sector. Scottish Property Federation Director David Melhoish says... Policy would potentially derail efforts to improve the supply of new, purpose-built homes for rent because investors would question what else the Scottish government might be prepared to do. The International Atomic Energy Agency has called for fighting to be halted around Europe's biggest nuclear power stations, saying its experts have found extensive damage at the plant on the front in the Ukraine war. The agency's long-awaited report on the Zaporizhia power plant has not assigned blame for the damage, but it says there is a risk of of disaster if the shooting does not stop. The United Nations has joined the nuclear agency's calls for calm. It wants a security protection zone established around the facility to prevent a catastrophe in a country still scarred by the Chernobyl disaster back home, the federal government says they intend to facilitate a local market in electric vehicle sales as part of their commitment to the environment. Climate Change Minister Chris Bowen has told the Future Forum in Canberra he is confident a tax cut for electric vehicles will pass through the House of Representatives in the next fortnight. He also says talks on decarbonizing the nation's transport sector and meeting demand for cleaner cars in Australia is just a beginning. We've begun the conversation about how we require car manufacturers to actually send fuel-efficient zero emissions cars to Australia. Part of the issue is still increasing demand sure. Uh, but more and more the issue is supply. As we know when a new electric vehicle comes on sale in Australia you better be quick because they sell out in the first 30 seconds. Australia's Weather Bureau says the country's east coast can expect more rain and thunderstorms over the next few days as a cold front moves over the region. The Bureau of Meteorology says that for some areas in the far west of the east coast state, rainfall totals may be similar to what could normally be expected for the entire month of September. Authorities say residents across South Australia and western parts of New South Wales and Queensland should monitor conditions and listen to local advice. And to sport, more questions are being raised about the direction of Australia's women's team under coach Tony Gustafsson after two goals to one loss to Canada in Sydney. Mary Fowler scored for the Matildas in just the third minute, but Australia could not take advantage of their first-half dominance. Adriana León scored two goals after half-time to win the match for Canada. With the World Cup on home soil less than 12 months away, Australia has just won one win in 18 games with Gustav as coach against nations currently ranked in the world's top 20 teams. Looking at the weather around the country, Broome, cloudy day 28, Perth, possible shower 19, Adelaide, partly cloudy 19, Melbourne, mostly sunny, 20. Hobart, partly cloudy, 15. Albury-Wodonga, mostly cloudy, 17. Canberra, a shower, 2, 17. Wollongong, also a shower, 2 and 17 degrees. Sydney, possible showers, 19 degrees. Newcastle, mostly sunny, 20. Brisbane, partly cloudy, 22. Townsville, mostly cloudy, 25. Cairns, partly cloudy, 28. Alice Springs, partly cloudy, 28. Darwin, sunny, 32 degrees. And the Toy Strait Islands are partly cloudy there and the top of 29 degrees. And that is NITV Radio News. Want to hear more stories like this? Listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from.